I think we're good. You can never want to see themselves. Sort of. <laughs> I think we should sit a little closer together. We can. We can sit in each other's laps. <laughs> we can hold hands. Just get real comfortable. <laughs> <clears throat> this one's been a minute, boys. I mean. You haven't seen this room in a minute. There's, yeah, been, there's uh, been a few additions. Yeah, don't turn too I, fast to your left. <laughs> <laughs> I sat down and I was like, okay. I scooted the chair over a little bit. You get your eyes poked out in this room, y'all. <clears throat> I started doing some Euro mounts, right? What, what is this? Oh, is that Bane? Yeah. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Do you remember? Mm. I mean. You can scoot this way if you want so you don't stab yourself. Uh, I, that's pretty close. So Jeez. I was thinking this is going to be like, well, first off, we have – I think this is going to be like a good vintage episode to kind of bring back some old stories. I think probably select like some of our favorites. This one right here is one of my favorites and it was deeply involved with you and words mm-hmm. you say that like almost echo into my mind. But also we're going to address the the big question. Why did Jay leave seek one? <laughs> so I think we'll kind of start with let's just catch up. Drew just had a big trip to Texas. Uh, I would say it really kind of kicked off our our 2023 season mm-hmm. and uh you know we can talk kind of hunt plans what's going on but you just killed a bear too right bear yeah no not no me. oh oh you just posted a picture of a hog it looked i thought it was a bear when yeah, i first it looked did at look it. like a bear. yeah that's why i did that i you cut his head trick out people yeah that's exactly right <laughs> I, I guess tristan was the one that killed the bear yeah it was he did it yeah, was yeah, yeah he killed the bear. bear i thought you killed a bear didn't you kill a bear this year though Kill one last year. Oh, okay, I don't know. Something yeah. I don't know. I only killed one, so I got you. So but and yeah. then uh, yeah, I want I want to jump into some vintage old stories after that, and then then jump into that last question. So I I haven't even talked to Drew about uh, Texas. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've like purposely not been. I've been holding off on like having this conversation because I just wanted to like hear the story on a podcast. But yeah, I pretty much I feel like I've been in an oven on broil for the last five days is that like it was brutal i watch the weather every night and i mean it's they're they're talking about 120 degrees it was so when we got there on the car readout like not the car wasn't sitting on pavement for a long time it was like after we've been driving for two hours it's 113 degrees that's the real that's the real real temperature temperature, yeah so the feels way worse yeah and it's uh it's not it's a little bit less humid out there so it's not like you're just sweating Uh, nonstop. But it was hot. Um, we were basically, you know, we'd hunt early morning until about 10 o'clock. And then after 10 o'clock, if you're not inside, you're just going to roast out there. Although we did spend one day where we we set up tents, or not tents, hammocks, and stayed out there the whole day. Like, napped out in the heat. And that was brutal. But, uh, but yeah, so we got we got hooked up with Colt Moore, who's a, he's a singer. He's kind, It's kind of country. I don't know if you've heard any of his music before. He's got some... Some pretty mainstream stuff. He's re- actually really, really good. Hmm. But he has an outfitter called Perennial Outfitting, and they're in. I thought it was considered South Texas, but it's actually not South Texas. It's not like brush country. It's more hill country, mm-hmm. kind of right on the edge of like that South Texas stuff. Um, and they just they lease a bunch of properties. And the one that we were on was it was actually a a really big river that was totally dry. Um, but it was really cliffy. It was like cliffy and then like kind of open cedars and stuff. And I mean, you know, Texas, there's just animals everywhere, just like random stuff. 
this all his places are free range, so there's no high fences or anything like that. Like I was gonna ask, and it's not this. stocked animals or anything, but they are exotics that were mm. once on a high fence, which they're probably third, fourth, fifth generation of animals that escaped from a high fence. I don't twenty years ago, thirty years ago. I don't know when they started. So there's doing still that. animals everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like target rich environment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the first place we went to, we were not seeing a lot, but you could potentially see a zebra. There, we saw all dad, no some axis deer. We were hunting axis deer, pigs. Um, I don't even know. I mean, other African. There's, I think there's some sable antelope that were in the area. Oh, beautiful uh, animal. Yeah. Um, but you were there for we axis yeah, deer is the number one target. We were there for axis deer, right. and that I think is kind of like the top of the list as far as the hierarchy of animals, at least in that area. Yeah. Even is even above like whitetails. Is it just like a melting pot of just critters? Yeah, that, like I mean, have gotten out of high fences and stuff. Yeah, like, Texas is totally just almost. It's so lenient as far as uh, game laws. Yeah, that people have just brought in all these different exotics and stuff, and mm. then they get out, and there's they're obviously not very like strict about making sure fences, high fences, are kept up because they get out all the time. Yeah, and there's full. I mean, there's full blown populations of these axis deer out there. I, that was my first question. Was was it like a high fence, low fence, or something like? Because I I feel like Texas it has that big connotation now where it's like you think of Texas, you think of yeah. it's just all high fence stuff. But this was all free range, just kind of like animals yeah. that had gotten out. There, so there are there are a lot of high fences there, but the vast majority of the ones that you see, like if you're driving down the road, you'll see high fences along the road. Yeah. Most of those high fences are to keep uh, illegals out. Really? Yeah. Nice. So they'll, just, they'll have a high fence along the road, but then yep. the th- other three sides are low fence. Are low fence. Yeah. Yep. And actually, huh. the road that we were on... <clears throat> is the most drug and human trafficked road in America. Where y'all were hunting at? Yeah. Did That's y'all crazy. see anything down there? Like we, No, we didn't see anything. And I think it's because it's so hot. Like a lot of the immigration doesn't, you know, it's like wintertime. Because, I mean, people would die. Like, yeah. They're, really? they're, yeah, you can't cut across property that big. No, without they're trying to walk 100, gallon, 100 miles. Carrying gallons and gallons of water. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. And it's not like they have big backpacks mm. and gear and all that kind of stuff. But I, I mean, was so like if, if you were to go there in the wintertime, would it, would it be dangerous to be hunting down there? I think if you, if you tried to get into like a comfort confrontation with them, what Colton was saying, it was like, if we ever see people out there that we know are illegals, we just like stay away and let them do their thing and let them really? go through. Cause you never know if it's like a drug cartel hmm. or drug runner or something. Or just That's people just def- trying to get, a, get yeah. across. Yeah, they, he actually said they uh, a lot of times will like leave water jugs and stuff out in front of their camp, basically to you know. Is that like to deter them from help, helping? Yeah, to help or deter, deter them, them from, from breaking, breaking in. in. Yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. But he he told me some other stories that were pretty crazy. Like, uh, I think there was like a a group of maybe two or three guys that knocked on the door at the camp, and one of them had shattered his leg like compound fracture and had been walking on the bone for like days oh, oh my gosh yeah that's awful but anyways <laughs> that just showed, that that really just shows you though how terrible the life is know, in yeah, exactly. mexico yeah exactly to have to go through that and torment yourself and possibly die or die trying to get your children over here it's sad mm-hmm. yeah it's a real that's sad brutal. situation but yeah. you know that's the kind of, that's the way it is over in africa too you oh, know yeah. i've been there two years and People are like, oh, everything's high fence. Yeah, it's high fence to keep 
people poach, out. Poachers out, yeah. Poachers, because they're so bad. Everything's fenced, but it might be 100,000 acres fenced. Right. But it's to keep poachers out. Yeah. Huh. And everything in that area of Texas, I can't, I can't imagine walking through that stuff for 100 miles with a lot of times probably barefoot and shorts on because everything is trying to stick you and stab yeah. you and bite you. It's like painful to walk in. Sounds like Africa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it and it was it as hot as Africa. It looks like it looks like Africa. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So there's there's a ton of access deer. Um, the first place we we hunted, it was pretty tough. It was a lot thicker, and the deer just weren't really there for some reason. So we ended up going to a, a different property for this the second and third day, and that was a lot more kind of rolling hills, like open cedars. Um, I don't even know what the other type of trees were, but it it was a lot more conducive to spot and stalk. Like you had, you had cover, pockets of cover, but there was like open uh, meadows and stuff that you could actually see deer in. And you could use the terrain to your advantage where the other place was like, you're up on a glassing knob on a cliff and if you spot something, you're diving into that thick stuff. And once you're in there, you can't see. Right. So you basically have to have a spotter with a radio. Th- this is also rut. Yeah. For yeah. access deer, right? So, yeah, that's, so when that's we, huge. It was, yeah, it is peak of the rut. And it's weird. So weird. it is really weird. So we had Lee and I hunted Hawaii last year. That's what I'm curious right. to hear is yeah. like the difference. Yeah. How were they compared to those axis deer in Hawaii? Like, were they as quick and as spooky and like, were the conditions better? I mean, like, so I kind of want to hear the comparison yeah. of like how your experience was versus the Hawaii deal. So I can't remember if we heard roars in Hawaii. I feel like we did a couple of times up I on, think we did. when we hunted the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was not like like maybe we heard one or two. Right. Um the first couple of days we heard a few and then the second property we went to, we heard quite a, like a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um but the deer the deer in Hawaii are much smaller body size than the ones in Texas. Uh I think average like the the buck that I shot and then the buck that Taylor shot were probably 200 and 20, 250 pounds or something like oh, that. Kind of like a big. Kind of like a mule deer. Smaller than a mule deer. A little bit smaller. But like a big whitetail buck. Yeah. Huh. Uh, the ones in Hawaii, I mean, those had to have been like 120, yeah. 130 pounds that we killed. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, and a yeah. big, well, like big way, Yeah, big difference yeah. there. And score-wise, like, you go, most people go by just the the height, the length, the main beam length on an axis deer. And in Hawaii, they're all, they're always, like, striving for that 30-inch buck. Like a 30-incher <laughs> there is a really, really big buck. Uh, in Texas, they, three feet is like the benchmark. So 36 inches. So 36, yeah. Yeah. And I haven't measured mine yet. I mean, it's, I think he's like, they estimated him at like 34, 33 or something like that. Um, but there's just a lot, there's a lot more big bucks down there. And I would assume it probably has a lot to do with the genetics that they brought in because they were bringing sure. them in for a high fence. So they're going to bring obviously better genetic animals. I would have thought it would have been better than 36. Just pictures. Well, there's, I've never seen one, but it looks yeah. like some people take pictures and it's like, that thing's like 50 inches, you know? Yeah. But I guess I don't not. know how big they get. I mean, I'm sure there's like 40 inches, but I think that's probably the top, somewhere around the top end. Were um, they as spooky as the Hawaii yeah, ones? Yeah. There, so there were not as many deer as Hawaii. Like Lanai, we were seeing, down in the flat areas, we were seeing hundreds mm-hmm. together in a herd. And the bucks, I mean, the bucks would kind of like sometimes be broken off on their own. Here in Texas, we were seeing anywhere from like 10 in a group to like 30, maybe 40. Um, And yeah, I mean, they're very spooky. 
like the hardest part, especially during the rut. They're just like elk, like the bucks herd up the does and they push the herd from the back. And when they're just like grazing, the bucks stay in the middle. So they got all Protection. the does mm-hmm. protecting ah, the thighs. Yeah. yeah. And it makes it pretty difficult because like there's these little patches of brush and timber all over the place. And like does will be hiding in those that you can't yeah, see. Yeah, busting them out. So we had, I had a couple uh, stalk opportunities where I just went in and like I couldn't see does that were closer to me in those little thick patches. So ended up, those ended up seeing me and bump and bumping them. Now do they, they snort or blow or bark? They bark. Like a, they bark like a cow, elk then, sort of. Yeah, kind of. It's like higher, a little higher pitch. How's, how's it sound? <laughs> Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so we, I was bow hunting and it was, it was tough. Like they, it's tough getting close. Um, it took us a while to like figure out where we could actually get in position to shoot one of them on the, my second to last day, we got into a herd, spotted a pretty good one. And I ended up we ended up getting busted by some whitetails that like came in behind us and they ran off and ran the herd off. But there was the two main bucks had been like fighting, just knocked down, drag out fighting kind of away from the herd. And so I don't think they got spooked as bad. Mm -hmm. And one of the bucks, I think the biggest buck of the group must've been hurt or just like really tired. Cause he went maybe 200 yards and we ended up finding him bedded down in like this meadow. And so I snuck up, got to within like 65 or 70 yards and just sat there and waited for like 30 minutes for him to get up. And he finally gets up. But as soon as he stands up, he starts walking and like gets behind this brush and I can't shoot. And he, he kind of gets on the backside of this brush and I sneak around and he beds down again at like 40 yards. And I tried to get into where I could shoot, but I spooked him. Um, so I actually, I was supposed to be leaving that next day. Uh, so I actually rescheduled my flight to get another full day. And then that next morning, like first thing in the morning, they were, they were roaring more than hmm. any other day that we heard. I think it was a little bit cooler in overcast. And so we got, we got on one really quick. Are you, are you calling to them? Like, no, no, they do don't, you? they don't really call to them. And I think it's, uh, that's exactly what I thought. Like you should be able to cow call to them or mm-hmm. doe call to them. But I don't think there's a call made that sounds close enough to what they sound like to where people feel confident with it. That's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we ended up getting on one, stalking them for probably an hour and ended up getting a shot at 65 and God, a poke. smoked him. That is a poke. <laughs> yeah. And that's but, just getting, just kind of getting in front of him and getting wind, right? And we were actually chasing them. A lot of the times we were chasing from behind. Yeah. Just wait until they stall out and then like they, they will hop to a thick patch and then yeah. we'll move up. And like you're constant, like when you're stalking, you're constantly glassing, like looking at all the does in the right. group. That this one only had probably like four or five does, which was a big, you know, help. Yeah, we just so didn't you have, have so many, many eyes. eyes. Yeah. But we got to a point where like sixty-five. We're we're behind a bush, and they're in a little patch that's seventy yards away, and we can't. It's just open between us, and we're like, that's we're stuck there. And luckily, he kind of turned and like ended up feeding out into the open. And they gave me a shot. 65 yards. Mm-hmm. Smoked him. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. First, uh, well, you that's, know we made the change, but this is the first yeah. first kill with the Matthews. So that, yeah, that felt just, good. The, yeah, that's, that's a good way cool. to break the ice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. Congrats. And we, in, in Hawaii, like, we probably took seven shots with a bow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It's fun just slinging an air sometimes, seven. you know. 
And it was the conditions were horrible there. It was windy, super and, no, no, no wind. And oh, that's right, it was dead still. Dead they were still, yeah. dead still. And they dry. were hearing everything. That's and right. Were, yeah. That's right. That's right. And it's like super crunchy. So, so it's just like it, it dude, is brutal, brutal conditions. To, to me, I mean, you're in, you're in Texas. It's a hundred degrees. My your first thing would think you'd be like water. Go to water. I yeah. Mean, what? Well, that that was also my thought, which I didn't want to hunt water for one. But they also said they have their stock tanks. All over oh, the place. That's what they're hitting. Yeah. And so it's kind of a crapshoot yeah. of like, do you go sit that one? Do you sit this one? And then, and so it's easy. It's I think it's just more effective to just be mobile yeah. and spot them. And you're sitting too. So it's not like 100 degrees and you're sitting. Oh, yeah. No, probably from in a, a blind or something. A, and that hunting, would be awful. Hunting standpoint is miserable. But yeah. um, I agree. And they said they also use water almost exclusively at night. Oh. And especially yeah. during the rut. Like they're. Yeah. Smart though. When yeah. they can see they're like that's right. on does and stuff. <laughs> I've got a yeah, question. That's awesome. It, the the high fence thing made me start thinking about it, and it was like, if you could control the situation to like grow big deer, and it kind of made me think of like, all right, if you could kick everybody out of Atlanta, how big a deer do you think you could kill every year? Like, if for some reason it was like, hey, all of Atlanta is yours, and you could just let deer grow and like just let them, you know. They're not getting hit by cars. Tra- car traffic's gone. Well, you kick everyone out. I just deer hunt Atlanta. And the whole thing's yours. I, I, I personally think it's probably the best genetics in the state by far. Oh, there's probably no doubt. probably better than a lot of states actually. Yeah, but yeah, I think I mean that's that's key. So that's my question: I mean, is, age and genetics, and you got it. I mean, so, if you can keep everybody out, yeah. So what? So are you considering? I mean, is that what do you realistically <laughs> think that you could like? What do you like a buck? Do you how think? You, yeah. How big a deer do you think you could kill every year in Atlanta? If if everyone was gone and you had a whole city to yourself, I mean, you take a deer like Thor, right? That's Thor. Yeah, I've got this, a deer on this camera right now. This deer's not even that like old, him. really. I mean, I, I think he was, which I didn't five, have tons of history with that deer. I think he was six the most, six, five yeah. to six. Yeah, I helped drag him out, and oh yeah, that's huge potential to me, just because he's got so much stuff. But I mean, and then you take a deer like Bane, mm-hmm. you know. Which I mean, he actually he broke he's off. Old, he's old. Yeah, yeah. He's he was here. he he was. I think he was at least six. I'm but, thinking more about the bucks that but, the four year olds that are 170 inches that are getting killed. That's what I'm that saying. Trash. Yeah, what they turn into. Yeah, what they they would be. Two twenties probably. I'm, hey, I'm guilty. Um, oh yeah, so I, I, have my, you, I got my share of forties. All right, so you get. <laughs> what do you think you could? What do you think you kill if you could hunt Atlanta exclusively for the next five years? See, I mean, my deer C thirty four and seven eight, so probably two thirty threes. I don't know, man. You could, I mean, hundred percent, two hundreds. I, I, I mean, no, I there's no you, doubt about it. Every I, year you kill a. I bet you there would be two twenties in Atlanta yeah. every year somewhere. Yeah, oh yeah, you could kill a two hundred inch deer. I think Atlanta has the genetics, without a doubt, to produce two hundred twenty inch deer. I mean, I've I've got a deer on camera now that it's like if, if he were to make, I've had several deer over the years. We all have that. It's like, if that deer were to make it to seven, eight, like there's just no telling what they would be. I think that you could definitely kill a 200 inch deer every single year. And if you just let them all go and only like found that one particular deer. to go. So we're going to start a GoFundMe to buy all of Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the price would be, but I think it'd be like (laughs) at least a couple million. (laughs) I think you'd like, like 
what I don't know what comes after trillion, <laughs> yeah. but it's something after trillion. Zinzillion is what my daughter said when she was growing we'll up. We'll start a GoFundMe. <laughs> just buy all of Atlanta. Zinzillion dollars. Okay. <laughs> we'll just plant kudzu That's patches everywhere. Cut, yeah, make, just kudzu. Just transferring kudzu. Mm-hmm. We already got a bunch up here. That's for sure. I just left a patch a minute ago. This man, it that that patch started. I bet you six years ago that patch was ten acres. Mm-hmm. I bet you it's thirty or forty now. Yeah. It's just taking over everything. There, there are deer in it? There's, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's kudzu. There's deer in it. Yeah. I mean, I don't care where it is up here. I, I've i got a deer that, that, dude, I've committed unfathomable amounts of time to this deer. And I had him on camera all the way up until end of April. And I think that's about the time frame that I would say that I'd, I've seen these deer kind of leave to go to the kudzu somewhere. And he's he's been gone for you know basically since end of april and i'm like actively trying to find him and i just can't like he's out there somewhere i just i cannot track him down but i guarantee he's in kudzu so back up a second so when i turned and said thor a minute ago you said yeah i'm after a deer just like that right now that's how how you're talking about no oh yeah another no it's a younger deer (laughs) (laughs) no it's a younger deer but has he's already got like 17 points 16 17 points poking out right now younger is in younger I mean, young for you is like five. So, I mean, how old are we talking? Four. Here? I think he's four this year. Four. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, he, it's he got one of those, two or three more years. At it's least. one of those deer that's like, if he ends up being like one eighty, what do you do? Do you hunt that's the deer? Right. Do you roll the dice and let him grow? Because like right. I'm telling you, dude, at five he will be two hundred. That's it's, it's that's that's extremely difficult up here with the number of people that we deal with. But last year, I mean, Drew knows the deer. I'm sure I've sent it to you. Like, yeah. Last year, I passed on a deer that. Even I think you at times were like, "Dude, you're an idiot for not hunting the deer." Which one was that? Oh, I, think, the, I think the, I'm the, the one that said you're an uh, idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure probably multiple people. Said you're an idiot. But, but no, you're right though. That deer. I mean, if if you'd have killed him, he's gone. Hundred percent, he's dead, and he doesn't have a chance. Yeah. So and I, I mean, I I thought it was extremely low odds <clears throat> that the deer would make it, and it was a huge roll of the dice. And like I was, you know, <clears throat> feeding literally. Every day, every other day, trying to play defense and like kind of keep that deer in this area that I felt like he could be safe. But as soon as he left, there's hunters everywhere. And it's like, it was a huge gamble to bet on the deer to see if he would make it. And he did. So I had him up until April, just got to find him again. And he's... Yeah, but if he's 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 180 inches this year, all those poachers that let him walk last year probably not going to let him walk this year <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i nobody would have let him walk last year no one no would way. yeah no he's in he is in a good area year. i know, how big, I know you're well he was only him. how big do you think he was last year i think he's 170 last year oh was he that big yeah oh. as a as a 10 just like 10. oh sorry i'm thinking of the non-typical Mm-mm. yeah we're talking no. about passing passing 170s in georgia that's cool <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that's that's the calculated risk. Well, Roll you, the dice. When you what? have a 220 in Ohio, then you don't waste your time on a 170 in <laughs> Atlanta, apparently. I wouldn't know, but that's what it appears. In 1997, <laughs> I killed a 102 and 5.8 on opening day. He weighed 210 pounds. It was my largest buck I've ever killed body-wise. Largest deer would rack. He's still like number six or seven in the book in the county I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But I rode around that. I mean, that deer... I, I packed him full of ice and rope, dude. We went, I'm talking about <laughs> McDonald's to Sonic to McDonald's to Sonic. Around and around and around. I mean, that's. I remember I had his rack cut off to mount him. And I I went to college 
I was in college when I when I killed him. Yeah, I was in college when I killed him. And I remember the people coming to my dorm room to see a one hundred two and five eight kill with a bow. It was a bow kill, you know, and you know, and it just, yeah. I mean, it was people just come. I do mean, you, I, do you, was that that wasn't your first buck? My first buck. Buck. Yeah. With a bow. Yes. So my first buck with a bow, I was twelve years old. Do you still have that deer? Yes. Is he at your house? It's at mom and dad's. <clears throat> I don't even have my four, first four buck point. that I ever killed. It was uh, the first deer, the first buck I ever killed was, I mean, his body was massive and he was old going downhill. And he was, I mean, he was a six pointer. He had four on one side and just a weird fork on the other side. And I was, I, I was pumped about him, like took him to the taxidermist and like went back to the taxidermist. And I, I don't even remember how old I was at this point. And uh, the guy was like, yeah, we don't have him." Like, <laughs> what? what? He's like, yeah, we don't, we don't know what happened to him. It's like, what are you talking oh about? Gosh. So like, I would have loved to have had that deer cause that was my first yeah. buck, but the thing's just gone forever. Now, how old were you then? I don't, even, I don't even remember. I mean, it might've been 16, 17, yeah. something like that is, is my guess. I don't remember what, exactly what age it was. See, it most people don't know that you didn't really start deer hunting later in life for until sure. that age. People that, ask me all the time. That was a, a bow kill? Mm-hmm. Crossbow. In Atlanta? Mm-hmm. It's a crossbow. Where? Without, you without where? saying where. <laughs> I can't say where. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. It's still a good spot, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where. Later. I know where it is. Like the it first is. spot that we got or before that? Um, the, the one that, the legendary spot? That sounds, mm, that sounds pretty. It was around the legendary yeah, spot. I would yeah. say that'd be about right. It was around the, around the legendary spot. Wasn't the legendary spot. Oh, I spot, think I know but, what you're talking about. Um. But yeah, I mean that's yeah, no, I didn't and that that's like I actually have been asked that a lot all the time. It's like, hey, what advice would you give to someone who's kind of getting into it? And I was like, dude, start shooting some does. Like early on, like get the confidence of like how to kill deer under your belt. And don't be like trying to chase the biggest deer yep. in the woods for your first thing. Like yep. that's obviously the, the you know, yep. part of the huge excitement of it is tracking down an animal like that. But I was like, dude, Drew and I like I know me in particular, like went through heartbreakers yes, you just did. constantly learned, like before we learned how to kill deer. And I'm talking about, you have a deer in bow range, <clears throat> reading his behavior, the angles, where shot placement, like how to calm down, like, and just execute before we really like got confident in how to kill deer. Dude, we were just like, our mistakes were being made on giants trophy trophy deer i know and I, it was one after the other that was just like heartbreaker and you helped me try yeah you I was slapping my face like ones. oh my these guys <laughs> oh my gosh they are you're he, like i mean he was like 160 and i'm thinking to myself i'm like you got to be kidding me just yeah. please lord just put me in a tree just one time just right in front of one of those deer well what's funny is speaking about our legendary spot before we even met you i think we, we were i think we knew together. who you were just through gon forum yeah right but we were literally we were literally hunting, what, do you, what would you say, 400 yards away from you? Oh, yeah, yeah real close. And, and that that's was, where he killed the, so two, weird. the 230. Yeah, no, and it was the year. Two, 234 and 730, <laughs> sorry. It was, that was the Apologies. first year that we had that spot, right? Yeah. And we're, so we were hunting this 230-inch yeah. state record. What, he, he was 100% on y'all's place. No doubt. He, had come, he had come through there no for doubt. sure. There's yeah. no doubt about it. No doubt. Yep. That was 2007? Seven. So I, I killed my first bow buck 2008, I believe. And yeah. that was the that was the one seventy three, and that one was like, 
I <laughs> first bow bullet. You're, you're talking about how we like, in Georgia, how we struggled for so long and stuff. So my first one wasn't a struggle, but everything no, went downhill like a, from there rapidly. That one was like got in the stand five minutes later. Deer's making a rub. Walks right by me at thirty five. I don't even get buck fever because it happened so quick. Smoke them. Deer dies in front of me. I'm like, this is oh. Easy. I think I killed a, I like a big buck, like a 140 me. or something. <laughs> yeah, he called me and was like, it's like, I think I just killed like a nice buck. And I was like, and, and it was, yeah, very nonchalant. Like, and then you you were like, yeah, I think he's like a 140. And he was like just this beast of a buck. Like, but I mean, you, huge but, body on that deer, right? But at that time, yeah, it was probably 300 pounds. Y'all didn't know scoring or anything really. Not either, really. Though. I mean, we, like, we knew that deer. We had been uh, trying to kill him two years before that, and he disappeared for an entire year. And then, what was his name? What was that? Did you name that deer? King, right? right? Yeah. King, yeah, yeah, King. That's right. I think that the the year you killed your buck, and it was, I think, our first year hunting that area. Uh, I still to this day believe I might have seen your deer. Oh, really? Stand. Yeah, like earlier in the season. Now, that's the first time I've heard anybody saying they might have seen. I it. I saw a buck, and it was like the smallest glimpse, and it was just like just bounding through this bottom. I mean, just like a very quick glimpse. Right. And I, I, all I know is that it was huge. Right. I, like I, I couldn't tell you, Oh, he looked like this, that, and the other. And again, like I'm, you know, 16 at the time. I I don't know what I'm looking at, but I saw a huge buck and it was, it was that same year you killed it. So like I, you know, could have been him. My homeowner is the only person that I know that saw the buck alive. And wait, several weeks before I killed him, actually. Yeah. Walking his dog. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't have pictures of that deer. We, we didn't yeah, have cam- cameras. Weren't a big... We had like a, like yeah, two of them. We, yeah, they were, I mean, we had those giant yeah, the Moultrie and ones. 40s yeah, right. or whatever. I, I, th- I thought the first year we hunted there, it, like we were totally blind. I thought we well, had maybe bought the... those cameras like kind of later in. But still, I don't uh, remember, to I be mean, honest. It doesn't matter anyway. I mean, you can... You know a deer is in a ten acre block right now, and you can take a camera and run and it in there and never it. get a picture of it. Yeah, yeah especially I mean, a deer like that. You can move a camera twenty yards, and that and was before baiting. Everything. It's so that was weird. before baiting in Georgia. So right, like, I mean, yeah, you're you're putting cameras on trails and scrapes. That's right. It's like you're missing a ton. That's right. So that that was I, I remember like so taking it way back. Mm-hmm. How we met you originally was through the GON forums, and for people that don't know what that is. GON's like Georgia Outdoor News. That's right. And before like social media forums were like the only form of communication online. That's right. And I remember like seeing your post and Drew and I would see it on forums and we'd be calling each other or texting and being like, I know we killed that deer off of, you know, such <laughs> yeah. and such. Rough. Like we knew we kind of hunted around each yep. other, but we didn't really know because it was like a super, super small group of people that were doing it at the time. That's right. And, uh, you know, obviously like with the stuff you were killing, like knew you were like a, a very skilled hunter. Right. We didn't know what the heck we were doing at all. Right. And so I do remember, I think I had shot a buck. Like we'd, we'd probably exchanged some messages and I remember I shot a buck, you know, where I'm talking about, I'm not going to say no, where. Yeah. And it was, uh, like, I think I hit him in no man's land. Right. And so we go, you know, you come over and that was the first time we met and we, we tracked this deer and like ended up bumping him. And you're like, right. see this again, like I have no idea anything about deer tracking. You were like, Oh, he's, he's fine. Like he's going to live. Yeah. Cause we saw him. We saw, yeah. We saw the air and all that too. And just, yeah. you could tell and I'm me. sitting there like, what do you mean he's going to live? Yeah. Shot this deer with a crossbow. Like, right. And it was like, I, you know, I didn't 
didn't have a clue, but it was like, you were like, oh yeah, he's going to live. And I was like, you sure? Like, can't we, can't we look some more? Like, you know, <laughs> like, your time, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yep. but one of the funny things is like, I remember this too. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I'd gone back to school and I think I had told you like, uh, yeah, you can, you can hunt here or something you like did, that. Yeah. You like, yeah. But I didn't expect you to actually do it. And I, you know, I should have known. Better. Oh yeah. And I, I remember getting back to college and be like, I get a text, keeping your stand warm for you, Saul. You know, so <laughs> that's I was right. Like, dang, he wasn't kidding. Like, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and see, well, see, I was new to it also at that time, new to this area. Mm-hmm. So I had never tapped into the suburban type hunting at all until the year that I killed the big deer. The big deer is the second suburban deer I had ever killed. Really? Yeah. And the the first one was four days earlier. It's like a one sixty something. Really? One sixty two in Gornett County, and that to me, that's not even a suburban deer anyway. That deer was behind a neighborhood we had permission to hunt, but I'm talking that deer lived on 1,600 acres of land. Yeah. So coming to Atlanta and walking around some of these properties, like in particular where I killed the big deer at, I mean, he was, I mean, I had three acres that I landed permission on. That was one of the first three acres I ever landed. And I remember walking back there and seeing a doe and a fawn and going, weird, you know, like, that's crazy. These deer moving through these little, huh. And I started looking at it because this is really, you didn't have smartphones. We didn't have, I mean, Google Earth was on computer, like yeah. freaking dial up, even, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you're <laughs> you waiting on that. Quest. So you don't, and you and at that time, it wasn't even a thing to even look on Google Earth to figure out where properties were. So I was trying to piece it all together. But I remember seeing all these big rubbins and scrapes and I'm like, this is crazy. Can I hunt in your backyard? Sure. I, which you do all the so time. That was that was how you did the first ask. Was just like yes, you was were that, doing a job there. That was yeah. one of my first properties, and then I ended up getting multiple that year um, because then I started. I was very intrigued because it's my brain it was is in whitetail mode anyway during the time of the year, and I had already like I said. Wait, so what month was that? I killed him November twentieth, but, but I got you, permission got in permission. October. Okay, so they were already scraping and rubbing, and you know I was seeing bucks on, and I was I couldn't believe where I was seeing it at. Yeah. And then I started putting the pieces of the puzzle together and river corridors and, you know, these little funnels and stuff like that. You just you figure it out. It's yeah. like, well, they got to be coming through. And it reminded me at the time, and I had already, I started hunting Illinois in uh, 99. I killed one in 2000 there, public land. I, I think that was the first. Public, public, public. The first year I saw that one on the forum and I was like, oh, this guy I killed this a, guy's a killer. Yeah, <laughs> killed, killed a, a 190 or something that on was public? A, well, that was, that was later. later? That was okay. later. Um, I had killed, uh, I killed a, a 131, a 155 and a 175 on public. And then, but that was, that was the first few deer I killed back to the 102 that I killed. That was the biggest deer I had killed all the way up till 2001. And I killed a, I killed a 131 in Illinois, public land. And the only reason I killed that deer is because he had just had his tail whooped by a 160. Damn. I mean, it was last afternoon edge of this edge of the crp field they just got in a huge fight he got his tail kicked tucked his tail and was and came down the trail that i was on and i shot him under me with 30 minutes light left fell right there and i'm mean, that deer weighed 300 pounds and 300 pound deer i mean y'all that's 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 still the biggest he was 295 still the biggest deer i've ever killed ever with well mostly with a bow but i mean just but kill a deer that big and then so i was so what I was getting at when I found this Atlanta stuff in like the 07 range, I was comparing it to Illinois. That's how immediately I was like, dang, these houses are kind of like fields and these woods are like the woods up there. 
it reminds me of the little bottlenecks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they just run through them. And then later I learned, I didn't think they would run through yards and stuff. I mean, I'm like, you, you, these are deer. Right. But man, they just, they're born here. They're raised here. They get accustomed to stuff, you know, and they'll just, they'll cut right through. Dogs barking don't bother them. I mean, back home, dog barks, you forget it, man. Oh, yeah. Deer's gone. <clears throat> Honey's big wood, so. So take me back to the story of that deer. So you were there in October, mm-hmm. saw the sign, then fast forward to November, like. Yeah, so I kind of wrote it off. Like, okay, there's some sign here, whatever. But I was, I had also gotten permission for the first time ever to hunt this giant that my brother-in-law was hunting, which was, he and his friends were hunting this, it was 162 inches now, I, can, I know what the measurement is, but just a giant, it didn't look like a Georgia deer at all, and I can remember, I was thinking to myself, that thing's like a freaking moose, man, I can't, you know, they were telling me stories, oh, we saw him this morning, we saw him this, uh, why don't you come over here and hunt with us, and I was like, I'm down, you know, heck yeah. Bad idea. Don't say that unless you mean it. We did. So I, mean, I, I met him over there one afternoon, and most people don't know this about the story. This this is actually one of the craziest stories, and I'm not even sure y'all know it all. I know you've heard it, but you don't remember it. But I got in there with them, and this is four days before I killed the state record now. So I got in there with them on an afternoon. Um, we took off in there. They were like, they had been seeing this deer for three or four days. It's rutting. Man, he is chasing does. He's moving, daylighting everywhere. And they're like, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here. These are all the places they've been seeing him. And there was, we we're on this little logging road. And I'm like, that's cool. I was like, like, which direction? I mean, which way has he been coming? Well, he comes in this angle. And I'm like, he's coming over, coming, coming from over there. Okay. <laughs> all right. See y'all. They're like gone. I'm like, <laughs> turn left, man. And it was crazy because I turned left and there's these big, huge open hardwoods. And then it was planted pines and planted pines. I'll never forget it. in an hourglass. And I was like. It's a perfect place. Thick, thick, open. You yeah. know, he's just staying in the thick as long as he can, then he'll peel out. I climbed up right on that hourglass, and this is what most people don't know. Climbed up. I ended up seeing the deer like an hour later, and he was tending a doe up in our white oak tree. And I called, and I called, and I called. I ended up calling him by taking my release. I was on a white oak tree. I used to climb with pole climbing spikes. Most people don't know about that. But power companies use pole climbing spikes to get up trees, you know. Mm. So I would take the pole climbing spikes, wrap them around my feet or around my legs, and take my portable stand with me. Walk up the tree, slap the stand on, step into it, pull my bow up. I'm done. I'm ready to go. You know, we don't have to worry about cameras and stuff. So I called this deer up by taking my release and rubbing it on the back of that scaly white oak tree. So I was grunting and just, and I was, and he'd throw his head up. He'd look. I'd rub that bark. And then finally, man, he just turned and he, he went from 60 yards to 30 in seconds. It was just enough time to get the bow, get everything together, put a release on. So I it pulled, was quick. It was super quick. Pulled the bow back. I was like, oh my God, he's in the hole. It's a 162 inch deer. I put it on him and I mean, I put it right on his heart. And I remember, I don't know what happened. I must have leaned forward or something when I hit the trigger, but I shot. And I mean, immediately when the arrow went off, I was like, oh, I just messed up. And I shot that deer through the muscle. In the top of his leg right there. The perfect muzzy, three-blade classic muzzy hole right through there. He took off down in there, and he went down to the bottom, and I was like, I, I just, I, it's over. I just, you know, jacked it up. So immediately went down the tree. Went straight to my arrow. He had been gone, not even five minutes. And just just what I thought, a little speck by speck of blood. Couldn't believe it. They came back. I was like, I saw him, shot him. I'm sorry, y'all. Jacked it up. He's fine. Oh, I ended up getting back in the tree and saw him again chasing three does like a hundred yards through the hardwoods pretty sure it was him but wasn't 100 percent sure mm-hmm. 
anyway, track the blood. A week later, they're like, hey, man, we're going back in there. You want to go? I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. I go back, climbed up the same tree, put my stand in the same spot. No. And I'm like, he's he's going to come back. And <clears throat> I uh, I was sitting there, been there for probably an hour in the tree. And a doe, I caught, caught a deer, heard a deer behind me. A doe came by, coming right down the same trail, through the same bottleneck, through the same hourglass. He was right behind her. <laughs> he's like a freaking moose walking through the woods with his horns i'll never forget it and i was and i'm like just cool as cucumber man just you're finna die <laughs> you know <laughs> i pulled a bow back and i just followed him he dude, i swear i'm not even kidding he was within a foot of where i shot him he was 27 yards it was same spot within a foot and i put it right on his heart and shot him watching fall that's got awesome. down 162 inches so <clears throat> four days later yeah well i had already obtained permission okay back in october this was that was November sixteenth when I killed the deer in Gwinnett. Uh, November twentieth, uh, I'm working a job in Atlanta. Um, I do nuisance wildlife removal in the Atlanta area. Get rid of squirrels and bats and rats and stuff like that. I'm traveling all the time, moving around. In the meantime, I had kept touch with that homeowner that had been watching these deer and seeing them. Well, now that we know when the rut is in Atlanta, it's actually behind the rut in like down there where your farm is and where I live, you know, down in South Circle, Georgia, it's almost two or three weeks later up here than it is there, even though I'm an hour from you guys. So it's uh, November 20th, and uh, I talked to him on the phone that morning. He's like, man, I was, he's so nonchalant. People that just don't hunt, just don't that, think about that stuff. That part of it always blows my mind because yeah. I was door knocking in Michigan this year. Right. Or, well, the last couple of years, and – some people will see a gigantic deer and they'll be like, Oh yeah, you know, you know I've seen, yeah, I see some deer. I was like, wait, you know, I always kind of ask, I'm trying to get anything, any info I can. Uh, you got, you got any pictures? Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can find one. They'll pull up a picture on their phone and it's like a absolute freaking jaw dropper. But it, to them, it's just like, eh, it's another you know, deer, it's another deer or whatever. A buck's supposed to have huge horns. Right. You know, it's a buck. Yeah. I mean, he killed a 173. <laughs> freaking first deer and he's like i killed a deer but it's a yeah. bug it's a bug you know i mean but i mean that's kind of the same thing so you know i got to talk to this homeowner that morning he's like oh there's by the way there's bucks chasing does or uh there's bucks running he didn't mm -hmm. say chasing does he said there's bucks running all in my yard they've been here all morning and i'm like he said one of them's pretty big and i'm like like big and i'm like this i'm you know i'm just gonna come over there so i left I was done with my job. That was his words. One I, of them's pretty big. One of them's pretty big. So I get over there and I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, this could be a 100-inch six-pointer, you know, yeah. a 100-inch deer for sure. There's no doubt about it. And uh, when I got over there, I remember yeah, I didn't have a stand back there, and I didn't want to take one in there because I talked to him on the phone literally 15 minutes before I got there, and he had just seen him again, so I knew that the deer were there. So I'm a big turkey hunter. All right. I, I'm, I have my gloves and my face mask in the truck. Man, I put it all on, you know, and I'm like, I'm just going to stalk in and just kind of pick a tree it's the lunchtime i'm gonna pick me a tree and then i'm gonna slip back grab my stand with my hooks and i'm gonna climb up and i'll just sit there and just see what he's talking about because he said there was several bucks and uh when i walked in i'll cut the story like super short but when i when i got in i ended up jumping a doe in a very thick area um probably 60 yards behind this house this guy's house and she cut and she turned and she came out across the landscaped type area more open and when she came out, it was like buck, buck, buck. And it was like small stuff, you know, like four point. You know, so she was hot. She small was hot. Eight. Oh, yeah, she was hot, man. She was red hot. And then and then I saw him. And he came out behind her, and immediately it's just like 
you see frame and then it, the, the way my brain works is and when i'm bow hunting today i see frame and you know we have cameras now running all the time so you can in binoculars mm-hmm. and whatnot you can put it up and be like oh that's him well this is you know before all that so i'm like frame i don't care if the deer he could have been 500 inches i don't <laughs> yeah. give a crap that's, yeah. my my goal then <clears throat> was to how well how am i going to get an arrow through this deer yeah i don't care what he looks like i the deer i need to kill that deer okay so i go into kill mode he chases he chases the doe off with all four of them <clears throat> i immediately was like and they were like 80 yards i've got to get inside of that range where they just came through in case they come back well i didn't even get there I made a little loop around. I was keeping the wind in my face the whole time. I mean, I'm, I'm hunting and I get all the way up to almost where they were. And here they come back. I mean, it was real quick and you know how bucks chase does. I mean, they're all over the place. They don't even, they don't care where they're going, but he came back and, um, they passed me and went back into that big thicket and I kind of inched up a little bit further and I got as far as I could get on big trees. I was out of big trees and, um, he came back and the doe ended up coming back and bedding down in front of me, like 50, 60 yards. And he came back, and he was standing on this little knoll. I'll never forget. There was, a, there was a little piece of high ground. And he came back, and he stood on it. And I'll, I'll never forget. I always tell everybody it was kind of like King of the Hill. We used to play King of the Hill all the time, like, you know, especially on big round hay bales when I was growing up. You know, one of us would get on top of the hay bale, and the other boys would try to come up and knock you off of it. And I felt like he was King of the Hill, man, because every time when the mother bucks would come toward her, he'd barrel down. I mean, snort wheezing. The vocals were incredible. He'd running them off, and then he'd come back up the hill. Well, when I, she'd been laying there, this went on for 15 minutes and this deer is like 65 yards. You can't get an air to him. It's too thick. And I look back, she had gotten up and she's gone and I see her and she's about to cross the property line, like gone up through the bottom again. And I look back and he sees her leave. So here he comes. Wind's blowing pretty good. It's like 15 miles an hour that day. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to shoot him right here. And I'm like, that's a long way. And I'm shooting a single pin. I was shooting Hoyt at the time. I was shooting an 80 pound bow. I shot 80 pounds for a long time. And I'm like, all right, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in kill mode. So I pulled a bow back and he came, came through that opening and I judged it 50 yards. I was like, he's 50 yards. So I pulled it back and I put my top pin, well, my only pin, I put my one pin right on top of his back line. I'll never forget it. And I pulled it up just off of it. And I was like, that's gotta be it right there. And I mean, I, and he did not hear me and I, I won't never forget because I only had like 10 feet to catch him and he didn't hear me and I was like Bruh! and he stopped and when he stopped his whole front shoulder was covered by the trees that he I was trying to catch him before he went to so I com- while he's looking in my direction I completely stepped left like a full yard like whoom, and he watched me and I remember his head just kind of like okay I just saw that you know I, and, I've, uh, ha- I've had that happen where <clears throat> you it happened to me in Ohio this past year I think a buck gets so locked onto a doe that his his senses is almost numb. Like I had to yell almost yes. to get this buck to stop. And even when I was yelling, he still was just like didn't care. No, like yeah. his focus was all on no. the doe. They almost like kind of, you know, they get stupid, obviously, but the, they're just like numbing their senses around them. They are. And you, yeah, I mean, I've had to literally yell he was to get him to yeah. stop. So you step out from the tree. He saw you though. Yeah, you, you could just see that his little turn in his head. You yeah, know, he's maybe looking here, and then he kind of does like that. Mm-hmm. So he's on me, you know. But uh, by that time, man, the pins like, I, and he was quarter to me, just a pinch. So I put it like right on his shoulder blade. I'll shoot a deer through the shoulder blade in a heartbeat. I yeah. shot eighty pounds, uh, three blade muzzy broadhead. It was I blow right through shoulders, no problem. I put it on him. I touched it off, and man, it was just the prettiest little shooting feathers. 
I just watched it just disappear right there, and he just kind of hunks down just a little bit, and it just, I remember it buried up. I remember watching air just crack and bury, and then he turned, and he came running right at me. This is my favorite part of the story. And I was thinking, you know, I at this time, I had never been to Africa, but I had, I'm fascinated with Africa and uh, the Cape Buffalo charging and, you know, all the stuff, you know, and I was like, I felt like, dude, he put his head down. He went like 10 yards, turned, and just whoop, straight to me. <laughs> And immediately I saw there that Fletchings were just buried up in his shoulder. And I was like, dead deer running. That was my first thought. And I remember grabbing my strings in this hand and my risers in this hand. And I was holding my bow like this. And there was one little tree about this big right in front of me. And I was standing right behind it. And he was, now he had to cover some ground, but he was coming and he was slowing down as he was coming. But he was, his head wasn't that far off the ground. And there was blood just dumping out of his mouth. And at this point, you still don't know what he is. No, just a big deer. Yeah. He's a big, he's the biggest deer I've ever killed by far, I could tell. But he's coming right at me, and I'm like, all right, which side of this tree am I going to have to go to, you know? <laughs> but he comes to within 10 feet, not 10 yards, 10 feet, right there. And he had slowed down just about to a walk. And he turned all the way around and dropped his butt on the ground, boom, dropped his front end down, and he rolled his head back just like that. I'm talking about he looked like he knew where i was standing and he looked right at me and i literally watched the white in his eyes he's 10 feet i did, i don't think i've heard this part of the story it's amazing to this day i That's mean crazy. I, it's never going to happen again for sure but i watched his eyes i watched him take his last breath in his eyes at 10 feet i could imagine that being Jeez. like a while very, i'm like this intim- <laughs> yeah. i can see that being like a very intimate maybe intimate's not the right word but intimate moment when it's like it was. most of the time you shoot a deer they crash off in the woods, you know, like, and you maybe hear him crash. And yep. but when like, that's probably my favorite part of the story is he ran to you, and it's like to almost look a deer in the eyes and I watch did. it, literally to watch his, his life, life go away. Like it's it that is like deeply uh, uh, yep. impactful as a hunter to like kind of realize what we are in the business of doing, which is like taking another yep. one part of God's creation. Like we are taking yes. another animal's life. That is always like. A very, very big, big deal. So to be able to like see that, I yep. feel like you probably carried that as a hunter with you the rest of your life, like that moment. of Yeah, so this is also one of the first. So <clears throat> when he died, I mean, I, I watched him take his last breath because, you know, deer like that, you don't want to like bump him or something. Yeah, no. You know? so, <laughs> I'm like, all right, he's dead. He's dead, he's dead. And then I'm like, look at the horns on that thing, you know. So I lay my bow down. I take my backpack off. I hadn't even moved. I'm still in the same little two-foot circle. And I'm, this is one of the, and y'all didn't know this either, but this is one of the first times in my life. And I was, I was pretty old then. Um, I don't want to say my age, but it was in 07. And I'm, I remember laying my hand on him. And it was one of the first times that I can ever remember really, truly thanking God for taking the animal. All right. Up to that point, it was kind of like, you just, you know, I was a killer, man. I just, you just did kill it. Kill it, throw it over, throw the turkey over my shoulder and leave or yeah. grab the buck and throw it, you know, take off dragging with him. But I, I remember it. I was like, this is absolutely incredible. What a, what a magnificent, magnificent animal this is. Yeah, that, that word. <laughs> so, but I, I remember that. And then I called the homeowner and I said, cause he was like, tell me what happens. And I called him and I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I just killed this deer. And at this time I'm looking at him and I'm going, this deer's 180 inches. That's what I thought. You know, I don't know, man. I mean, double drop time, 18 points. and just, Yeah, he's a tough one It's to a judge. lot to look at, you yeah. know. So I was like, but I knew it was an absolute giant. So I called him, and he came down there. And I remember, sorry, I knew he, he had come down there, and he had he had had a cup of coffee I'll never forget. And he came down there, and he literally walked up to me, and I'm like 
laying at his rear end and just kind of, I'm in awe. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's that one I saw uh, a week ago, last week when I was walking my dog up there. And I'm like, Gosh. where was the phone call a week ago, man? <laughs> you know, where? And I was like, I told you to let me know if you've seen anything, you know. And he's like, that, that's him. And I'm like, that's absolutely incredible. And he's so, sitting there just drinking a cup of coffee. I mean, literally turned around and walked back to the house. <laughs> he wasn't there. He he was there for less than two or three minutes, probably at the most. You know who I would love to have in to tell stories like this? And I don't know if you'd agree to it. Oh, Bob. Yes. I already know. Bob. <laughs> I won't say his last name, but Bob. Yeah, you guys oh, you guys are absolutely in for a treat if these two can get Bob. We need to in try here. to convince him. I want to be. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to stand behind the camera and watch. Because he, he's so, he's, I, what I love about like hearing people's stories, especially like the classics, the old, old school stories and stuff, is like the way like you're a good storyteller. So like you can visualize in your head, like the details and just like all of it happening. Bob is, is like, he acts it out. Oh yeah. Like it is a show. I mean, it's a show. It is so awesome. And one of my favorite stories that, that I would love for him to get in here and tell is when he had that like 190 something inch, I think it was like 198. Yeah. And I don't remember, maybe you remember the details of it, but it was like, he'd never seen this deer before ever. Hmm. Deer, it's during, you know November. Deer comes in on the doe. Something about like his rest broke. This is where he got the name Mister Magoo. Yes, Mister Magoo. Yeah. yeah, this is where he got <laughs> his that, rest right. broke when he drew back. Or it's always something release. that. And I remember him saying like he he basically was could not shoot the deer with the bow. Yeah, it was it was not possible because something broke or whatever. And so he sat there and watched this buck tend this doe. So under his stand, and I remember him saying, "He's like, I even pulled up my pulled my bow rope and tried to tie a lasso <laughs> to try and like lasso the deer yeah, somehow." So it's really a lot worse than that. <laughs> Do you remember the yes. details oh, yeah, of it? For okay, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to hear it. So, and I, I, we have to get him to tell the story. Uh, yeah, but, but he, he's full of stories like that. Like he that, is, this is so one nervous of and stuff. Oh yeah, literally. I mean, he probably has. I bet you fifty stories for sure. I mean, the the big big one he killed, uh, big typical like three years ago. Mm. He said he came to full draw, hit his release, the arrow just goes, Bing! and just went like ten <laughs> feet, totally bob right there. <laughs> and he's like shaking, trying to grab another arrow, and then like you know the deer stayed long him, enough man. to shoot him. But God, it's like you... it's never like a clean story. No. Just, there's always something. He but... could probably I'm Bob could have you beat out for sure on stories probably quality and stories with the for sure the hunts that he's jacked up (laughs) (laughs) but that no that story though he actually shot that deer oh he did hit it yes his he drew back like he had two or three arrows in the quiver yeah they don't ever match they don't (laughs) he's got to make sure it's got a broad head on it not a pill point you know that kind of deal yeah and uh yes he pulled the bow back on the first one and i think i don't know what happened but there was something wrong with the rest and when the arrow flew off, it it got to him and it went sideways, and it actually shot the deer and cut him all the way down the I side. He had a trail cam picture of the cut. Yes. I remember that. Cut him pretty bad, yeah. but like not not fatal at all yeah. by any means. And in the midst of all this happening, he drops his quiver. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> so the quiver's gone, and he shot his only arrow. So he's trying to get his bow rope down to lasso the quiver while a hundred and ninety three inch deer. Is like and like a twenty typical, yards, like a typical huge frame. Oh, it's giant! Oh, giant! Yeah. One hundred ninety inch year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and he's for a long so time. So he was trying to lasso the quiver. 
yes. I, I, I like lassoing the deer better. That's I swear, funny. I thought he told me. <laughs> he maybe said he, he maybe thought about lassoing, and he would. So. He would. Bob would actually try to lasso the deer. I mean, yeah. he probably would. But he, but he did. Was he wearing his his uh, hat with all the leaves? Yeah, yeah, oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> he's he's got a story about like when he was hunting, and I won't say the name, but like you know where he used to hunt way back in the day, the mm. like first spot he got. Oh yeah, and like that place was stupid. Yeah, one of the first places I ever went in a suburban setting. Yeah, and that's still that's a big. That's he a big has the story but. about like when he went in there with a bucket. And just like sat on up, would just take a bucket oh, yeah. with him and just sit on a bucket. And like the stories of everything that would happen around them are just like, it's, it so, is so right. it, gravitating to just like, it locks you into these stories because he's got so many details of it that we, we're going to have to get him in here. Have to. That, that absolutely destroyed me for the first couple of years that I came into the suburban hunting because I'm sitting here listening to Bob. Tell these sitting on a bucket, flinging arrows all over the place at 150, 60, 70s. <laughs> here y'all are, like your first deer is at 173. You're over here slinging arrows around, and I'm like, I'm still trying to, you know, I mean, I spent, I killed my first deer at 12 with a bow, and it was a four pointer. And I'll never forget it. It's probably one of the greatest hunts of my life. I'll never forget it. But I shot, and this goes back to what you said earlier. People, people ask me all the time also. They say, what? What do you do? Like, how do you prepare yourself when you first learn to bow hunt? Like, what do you, how do you keep calm and cool and all that? And I'm like, you need to shoot everything that comes by. Mm-hmm. Just for the, you know, for, for I promise y'all, this is no exaggeration. I killed the first 50 deer that came in bow range. I'd be ashamed to say how many button bucks I killed. <laughs> <laughs> but I was not ashamed to yeah. kill them. And I killed, I killed probably at that time, I was killing 75% of my deer on percentage trees. I grew up on percentage trees, man. Mm-hmm. Was, I, I, I don't think there's anything that can replace just that experience of being in that moment where your heart's pumping and having to overcome that. Because, like, I mean, there, you can have self-talk. You can, you know, practice yep. in your backyard, backyard all you want, but that's not going to change your reaction in the yep. moment. Yeah, I totally agree. I've tried to replicate it in ways where I, like, go run – it's just not and the same. It's, no, it's not the same. No. You cannot to get your heart It'll rate help up. you. Cannot. I mean, that that'll if you're shooting with your heart rate up, that'll help you like focus on slowing down your shot. That's right. But that's not going to get rid of the anxiety, the anxiety feeling. Yep. When I you agree. have a buck coming the in, the adrenaline. I mean, no. it's yeah. That adrenaline dump is almost impossible to control. Yeah. And the only the the only way to do it is to be in that that moment. And it does and it does get better. Like after yeah, you after sure. you kill fifty or hundred with a bow, I mean for it sure. really does get better. Like I mean, when I have a big deer come in now, I mean I hundred percent I can feel my heart like racing, but I can keep myself so cool yeah, and calm same. to make because my goal is like I said, I don't care what he's got. It's a shooter. Concentrate on how do I get this arrow through that deer so I can put him in the back of the truck. Yeah. How how do I make this happen? I definitely turned a corner <clears throat> when it came to like really killing deer mm, as yeah, a, like when they're in front of you to be able to like put that deer down yep. i i definitely turned a corner yep. like i i just had so many mishaps and stuff and then like it just finally started to click for me and i definitely like turned a corner where and then when you get that just like you're oozing that confidence of yep. like you see that deer and you're like in your mind it's like he's dead yep like that's where you get really, really dangerous and effective, like killing animals in front of you with a bow. I was worried about you, but it's just experience. <laughs> Y'all, no, dude. This, you know, Achilles is probably one of the the last deer that you killed that you really had a struggle with. Like you know, and we had those talks over and over. Like there's Bane after Achilles. Bane, Bane. yeah, even Bane. Achilles is one of the probably one of the coolest stories that we never filmed. Yeah, for and sure. and that one 
Yeah, I mean that one was an amazing story, but this I mean this deer Bane is it was like dude, probably the most impactful deer I've ever hunted because it was and and I'll transition this over to like choosing our favorite sort of throwback vintage moments like from back in the day. Uh I mean I got a handful I can think of, but the one that is really on that stands out to me is hunting Bane. And Drew, I mean, Drew was along for every step oh, yeah, of the every ride step with of it. it. Yeah, that's right. And it was like, you know, year of history of trail cam pictures. We're hunting the deer, hunted him like crazy, shot the deer. And it was, if, if I weren't self-filming, like it would have probably turned out way different, but it was all the encounters and then self-filming, like rushed a shot and just took a poor shot, poor shot yep, opportunity. That's right. But it was because of, you know, the filming and, you know, anyways, Deer totally left that area, traveled a long ways away, got back on him on late season, didn't end up killing him, found, reef, ended up refining him again in the summertime, had an encounter with him early in the year, and sh- what I do? I shot over his back. You you hit him, but you hit him hot. Like Nicked his back. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, the deer totally left that area, yep. and then had to go back to where I knew he went were kind of the general area where I had the shot opportunity the year before we goes to rut. But I remember the part that stands out to me was after I had, and, and, and I'm trying to tell the story as brief as I can, but like there's so much emotion and time and energy and just like so much of my soul that had gone into that deer to the, from the first shot opportunity, having to find him again and like getting a second chance at a deer, which is like so impossible to do. Mm-hmm. And I blew the second chance. And I remember, you know, I had Zeus on camera that year too. Yep. And I was, but I was mainly hunting Bane at the time because yep. Zeus was kind of uh, a very difficult deer to hunt. But I remember after this, the second shot in the summer, when like we're filming and trying to, you know, do all this stuff. And I, dude, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever had more of a low as a bow hunter in my life. Bad. And I was like, I remember telling you on the phone. And these, like these words are burned in my head. I was just like, I, I want to quit. Like literally I, 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 I felt so low. I was like, I want to quit. And I'm serious because it like hurts so bad. And I remember you saying, you, you can't give up. You love it too much. This could be the best season of your life. Yep. And fast forward, you know, two months. Yep. You and found him. boom, boom. We had yep. the, had the, had it happen with Bane. And then, like a week later, had it happen with Zeus. With Zeus, yeah, sure. and it was the best season of my life. It was, and like I, I remember, I mean, dude, if you weren't there to kind of lift me up in that moment, I seriously might have just quit. Like I was so just broken as a bow hunter in that moment, and like for you to throw the words at me to kind of like build me back up. I mean, like I feel like it was huge. I feel like we should pull that clip up and play it. I remember the words like they're yeah. burned into my head. Uh, you so can, you, he said, uh, "You can't give up. You'll never, you'll never give up. Right. You love it too much." Yeah, yeah. This and he said, it's "This a, season yeah, could be the best season yeah. of my life. Yeah. You love it too much." And yeah, dude. I mean that. Like I, that for me has got to be one of my top all time moments from like back in the day. Yeah, he's definitely probably my favorite deer in this room. Yeah, and, and he's was, not the biggest. No, at that, all. that has nothing but, to do with it. That no. was back at like when we were still. I mean, we still this. We still have this happen too, but almost every deer like that, we were spending 40, 50, 60 sits yeah. in the tree. Oh, it was ridiculous. Because there was a lot of stuff that we hadn't, hadn't totally figured out and like 
we're probably sitting when we shouldn't have been sitting. The stories are absolutely yeah. incredible, though, piecing it together that yeah, way. Yeah. Now you guys have gotten so good, you don't have stories anymore. You <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like you go sit one time and kill. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. But, but you know, that's that that you know that goes back to Charlie all the way back to the start. Yeah, I mean, what an incredible story there too, though. I mean, with both of you guys and that's that's the thing, like, that whole thing together. Sit, <laughs> sitting in this room, like I, you know, uh, people are kind of like, oh, you know trophy hunter or whatever and like the all the mounts yeah. and the, but to me it's like dude every, like i sit in this room and they, they just like almost like sense of peace i feel because like it's kind of wild to look back over the years because the amount of energy and effort that it went into just just one one yeah but every one of these has like this amazing story behind it where you just gave it all and you can sit here and look at that deer and, and kind of be brought back to all those memories and moments of everything that happened. But what, what is, was, what's your, one of your favorite classics from like the old days of, of hunting? What is it? The, the state record that you just told us the story about, or like, do you have another one that stands like you out got, uh, before you anytime, got. man? I mean, it could be with us. It could be before, but I'll say stick to suburban, Suburban stuff, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about some other ones, I mean, <laughs> we'll be here. For but is there any that could, stand yeah. out? It could even be um, like uh, kind of oh shit moments because those happen too in Atlanta. I remember. Uh, I've got one of mine. I remember tracking a deer down the sidewalk. Drew and I, I mean, we, 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 we killed one together that we, we thought was one deer and ended up being another one tops. And I know that's who you're thinking about. Yeah. But that was you know getting permission on that place was was difficult enough and then once i landed it and then getting permission from the neighbor at the same time and then getting in there and we had a deer called tops and all three of us knew tops we we saw him he didn't he was like he's gonna score a whole lot but he was an older deer and he had some trash and he was just cool and i just love funky deer and i love stories and we had built a story around him and uh drew and i had gotten in there and uh where we thought i had gotten a picture of what i thought was probably tops uh, maybe the night before and I called Drew and I was like, dude, we got to go. So our stand's already set. Well, we just got to get in there. And uh, this is, I'm really, really big. And I was, I had just gotten really big into mock scrapes. I just love to cut all the scrape limbs down in an area and build my own. Mm-hmm. So he was forcing the deer in that spot to come to your spot. And I had made this huge, I'd taken a hickory tree, which is one of my favorite trees to use. If you can get lucky enough to have one, and I bent it over and tied it up, and I had my big limb, and they were just pounding it. That's where my camera was because uh, this is – you couldn't feed, you know. So um, Drew and I got in there in the morning, and we saw him. We saw him really early mm-hmm. um, before camera light, and I was – I had binoculars on him. And um, and we had good – you had a quali- high-quality camera at the time, and it still wasn't picking up the light, but he actually came right underneath us and hung out hit the scrape i mean i can remember i can remember his feet hitting mm-hmm. i mean he's 10 yards coming under us going behind us and you know what whatever finally the light starts to come in he's already moved off like 60 or 70 yards but we can we still got him in the area does are everywhere he loops around comes around in front of us and i ended up uh he bedded down on top of this little ridge drew's filming everything it's, it's an awesome episode and then I call and call and call, and he finally just a curiosity got the best of him. Well, it was some other bucks that I ended up calling too. Yeah, to you get, started call, calling. I was like, I'm going to pull over. these deer to me, yeah. and then he's going to get pissed off, and this is exactly what happened. And he got up, and he came, and I smoked him, and we watched him fall, and we're high-fiving. And um, 
Didn't a neighbor start yelling? Well, or something? the first thing that happened the was dog. the first thing that happened was this white snowball looking dog <laughs> just like shows up. And Drew's At the like, face of the tree. Drew's like, hey, there's a dog in your scrape. <laughs> what the heck? And he's like taking a leak and walking around us, and I'm like, this just happened. The deer's dead right in front of us. I remember now. the video clip of the little dog looking. He start, at looks up at us. Like, start, rrr, rrr, rrr. He did. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. It's like, oh gosh, yep. here we go. Yep. So I got down, and I was like, the. Could the homeowner see us at that point in time? Yeah, I think when the dog started barking, that gave away our location. Yeah, so he started. And so that yeah, he said something. Yeah, he, he said something. He came out to I guess call and the dog I, back in. I was like, I, I first of all, I didn't know who this dude was because a woman owns the house. Yeah, and then she's not married. I knew that. So I was like, let me just get out and I'll go solve the situation real quick. You know, just all <laughs> it. You know, I'm gonna. You know, everybody likes me. You know. So here I go down the hill and down the jumped over the little wall right there and I mean this guy was hot. He was super angry that we were there, telling us to get out of there. I forgot all what you you recorded some of it. I was I think I was still up in the tree. You were, but you were recording. You, you could hear him talking yeah. to me and it was not good. I'm talking about get your crap. And at this type of point in time, he had no idea that I just killed a 140 inch deer. You know. The deer was 141 and some change or whatever. We hadn't even gone up there to look at the deer. I had just got down to help solve the problem with him. He And I told him, I was like, sir, I don't, I have permission from the owner. No, you don't, you know. And I mean, this, I'm like, oh, here we go again. And then we've, we've had the same similar story happen so many times now. Yeah. We're kind of immune to it. But he goes in and he gets the the girl that I have permission to hunt from. She comes out and she's like, Jay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm going to have to. You know, ask y'all to just pack up and leave. And, and the thing is, we were not even hunting. We weren't on his property. Mm-hmm. I actually shot the deer on her property is what it was. The stand location was actually on my other property. Mm-hmm. So everything's so tight up there in some places. But he, uh, but I came back to Drew and I climbed up and I was like, we need to get down and we're going to take our 140-inch <laughs> deer and we're going to drag it out. And all the stands. <laughs> and all the stands and everything. <laughs> and we did. We walked out of there with, I mean, with the deer, the- sticks, stands, the whole thing. And I've never been back. <laughs> i ran camera there a little bit longer and then they ended uh, up you know what we deal with in atlanta all the time is you know we lose property yeah to development yeah and i mean that was oh yeah that the next year was mowed, it, it was mowed, mowed down out. right after that how about so. the time when uh y'all shot that buck and it died in front of the uh oh the whole pool team that was coming out of the oh. the local pool at the neighborhood what do you mean y'all you were there too <laughs> i was there but i didn't shoot the deer <laughs> it was your fault the deer died where he died <laughs> All I did, all I did was had to kill the thing. <laughs> I will never. Forget. I forgot about that. We yeah, uh, we did not put that. We did, we didn't put that episode out. But no, that no, was that a, one. That one had to be an archived one. Yeah, it, but I will never. So the the situation was you were hunting a buck. Yeah, it showed back up on camera, but I think he'd been hit by a car. One hundred forty five inch eight pointer, old. Um, had history with him yeah. the year before and the day before. And the day before, yeah, and this is another thing. Like, hey, now we have cell cameras. So he shows up on the camera. I'll call Drew, and I'm like, dude, we got to kill this deer. And Lee's like, well, I'm not really doing anything. I'm going to go over there. And we knew where the deer was bedding at. Yeah. And you could, and it was a totally off limits, like green space. You, you can't hunt there for sure. But you can certainly glass it from the road. Yeah. So, Lee, you took off. I saw We went and got in the blind because he had just come. And when he's there in the area, he's going to come. Or there's a good chance he'll come by the blind. So you and I got set up and got ready. You called and said, I, I found him. him. Yeah. And he is limping like really bad. Like <clears throat> he'd get up. He's 10 and yards. Plop and plop down. Yep. Yeah. And plop back down. And then he, so 
This is a good story. I like this. Well, one. You asked me. You're like, do you want me to try to get permission up here where he's at? Because he's in these all these backyards. Do you want me to try to get permission to kill him, uh, or do you want to just? Well, he wasn't coming down there. No, That's all there no, is he, to was, it. he, he was bad off. Yeah. So I, I remember I, and I knocked on the door and was like, hey, there's a buck in your backyard. It's clearly been hit by a car, and they were like, yeah, go for it. So you call me back. Yeah, I call y'all, and then y'all, you know, run over there. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll try. Long story short, got a shot on the deer, and it took off running. And I no, remember, no, 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 no. We went to the first house. Yeah, we went like three yeah. Hours. I was like, no, I was you were literally no. You can't skip that okay, though. You, you were literally going door to door to door to door <laughs> in front of us, knocking in front of us. <laughs> we're trying to catch the deer because the deer is getting up and moving, getting up and moving, getting up and moving. He's laying down. He's literally going. He's, he's going 10, 10 20 yards. Lay down. Plop. And yep. I mean, he is, his front right shoulder is just crushed. And, um, Lee's looping in front of us and he's like, Hey, I got permission two doors down. Hey, I got permission three doors down. Come to the white house. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the white house, that's far enough in front. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah. we got up here in front of him and, and Drew and I sat down between the two houses next to some, some hedge bushes. And he had, there, it was during a rut and there was a bunch of does and he was just, man, it was, it was terrible. It yeah. was terrible to watch. That deer would have died of, he would have died. I it think. was bad. Yeah. Well, now we know where the break was. It was really bad. Yeah. But um, forty yards, you know, and I I had a broke arm at the time while I was shooting a crossbow. Um, I had fallen out of a tree and broke, shattered, shattered my wrist. It's still terrible. And um, I was still out on the street. You're out on the street. Had slipped back up in yeah, there. Yeah, you're still looping, trying to get up ahead. And I had heard the crack of the crossbow yep, go off because they're loud. I mean, they're. And then <laughs> I saw the deer running. <laughs> back heart shot him yeah he took he takes off running drew and i are like that's that's awesome you know we're pumped but we're like at the same time oh, it's kind of like man you know it kind of sucks because yeah. you know this is this was my target deer didn't not kill the, him where i wanted to not the, ending you not want. the way we wanted to but we're like more of like put the deer down as opposed to like yeah getting this you know yeah great hunting you know experience like a good so, place or whatever <laughs> we're closing the interview we go back to the truck and put our stuff in there and all that. And we're like, well, we'll pull the truck on down the road because obviously it went that way. So when we turn left out of the driveway, we, we go down the road. Well, we see you. Here, you coming down. You're jogging, like coming down the road. And I'm like, I was like, hey, I, sh- I know I heard you. I was like, well, he ran up here. Oh, I know. I was like, I'm like well, get up there. Did you see the deer? Oh, yeah, just turn left. You'll see him. <laughs> I'm like, what? So, so Drew I, and I are like, what? I heard the crack of the crossbow, and I took off running because I saw the deer, the direction he was headed. Dumping. I just took off running, just trying to, like, figure out where he was headed. Or just, you know, you should do. You want to try and keep eyes on him. You do, yeah. So I remember <laughs> this deer had to cross a street, and I turned – and I, I laid eyes on this street, and I see this buck come out of the woods, stop in the middle of the street, and just doing the, the wobble, and just boom, just dead as a doornail on the road. Well, ro- right. yeah, road. He was he turned well, he was off the sidewalk. He was 12 he was inches the from the – he went in the road, yeah, and he came back around. to the right. – yeah, and then he turned around and fell on the curb. And just past, I mean, 20 <laughs> yards past these pe- – this, this The pool buck. is 100 yards. The and pool, had, yeah. the neighborhood pool had just let out swim practice, and there was three or four kids mothers. Swim, kids swim practice. Kids swim practice. There were three or four mothers and about eight kids there were <clears throat> that had just turned the corner and just seen this buck just plop on the road. Yep. And I, I remember I, I ran, I turned, I saw that happen, and I was just like, in my head, I was like, 
holy crap. And so I just <laughs> turned. ran the other way. I turned and just ran back the other way. And, and yeah, that's when I ran into y'all in the truck. Uh, like, yeah, we got him. I was like, dude, just go. Just like, you'll, you I know, said you'll I know. see him. You'll see him. Just, you're like, where is he? I was like, you'll see him. And y'all, I remember y'all turned the truck, and it, dude, it was like people were coming out of houses. Like it <laughs> we, was we, well, so seen, bad. we saw him. Uh, I was, uh, I was driving. Yeah, I said immediately call the cops. I was like, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> then For I did. our sake, yeah. And I called, I called Gwinnett. I called. It was killed in Gwinnett County. I called Gwinnett County first, and then I called DNR, and I said, "This is what happened." And they were like, "Congrats, man. Good job. You know, thanks for letting us know. We'll take care of everything." And then there was the four Karens, and they're all four Karens. And their kids, and here they come down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we all met at the deer. It was terrible, and, and unfortunately, there was there was blood everywhere and whatnot. And it's hard to explain to somebody. So I went up and talked to the kids. You were doing well, a I, I, great job. I was trying to do damage control while y'all were taking care of the deer. So I was trying to talk to the moms and the kids, and like I was telling the parents, like, look, the deer had been hit by a car. Like it needed to be put down. Right. And uh, they they were like, explain that to the kids. So I yeah. I literally I went and, were. I, and I talked to all the kids. It like, was it was educational. I had there was two little girls that were like, oh that's a, that's awesome. Like that that's really yep, good. I like, that. I'm glad that y'all put it yep. down. Like so the kids responded super well to it. Yep. But y'all got the deer loaded back up, and I remember this woman came running out of her front door, up the street, and was just livid, yep. screaming at me. My kid is going to be scarred for life, life yep, I remember. because of you. <laughs> yeah. and, I was like, and I was like, it was one of the kids I had just spoken to, and yeah. they were all cool. Yeah. But like the mom just obviously like a freak out. And that was the funniest part of the story to me because Drew and I got the deer in the back of the truck, shut the tailgate, and, and you were surrounded left, by I'm still Karens, sitting there just like, And we literally were like, let's go. <laughs> we, we put it in reverse. And we were like, <laughs> Lee was there with all the women and the kids and everything. And we were like, See you. <laughs> uh, That's probably one of the, the the hairiest ones we've ever had to deal with. That was definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's out there. The story's out there now. We might as well post might the as well video. Post the episode. Oh, I promise you, there's probably gonna be a lot of responses. There will be. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's like see it. Air Let's see it. Drop the video. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't remember if I f- kept filming when we like pulled I think up. It, and I think you, at that you point, the kids. It was. We like, got. We got all the. We got all the moms and the kids and all that. And I mean, oh, y'all did. I'm usually pretty good about just letting it pull up, like filming most. Everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I thought at that point it was like... More drama, the better, right? <laughs> no, I, I thought at that point it was like, filming's done. Like, it was this, is, this is too bad. We did quit during the middle. We didn't get like loading him up and all that. No, but, no, no. But, but pulling up and all that, yeah, it was there. So we're we're talking about doing some vintage episodes. Mm. and uh, Oh, boy. that Maybe that one will make it out of the archives. But mm. one, of, one of the ones <laughs> we're talking about doing is Pops. Oh, which yeah. Pops, man, man, what him? a story, man. Down wow. in the river. Yeah, it's another big story. Wow, so, what a story. That's huh. that's one we're thinking about pulling out. Drew's got another beer, deer from uh, Stubbs, which that was I don't even remember how many years ago Stubbs. that was. Yep. But that's like another probably f- six years ago. Yeah, that's God, like another fall story. Really? I think that's so. Crazy. Yeah. You got any stories that stand out? Like well, that was the ones? the the tops one was the story that uh, I had your, in mind. Yeah. yeah, I totally forgot about the, <laughs> the neighborhood. Oh yeah, fiasco. that's a classic. I forgot about that. Too. I, <laughs> I know there's more, but there is. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. Um. All right, we're at hour eighteen in. Mm. I told you, man, we could sit here. Oh, dude, we can sit. We we got. We probably got to do this again because like there's a hundred yeah. other stories we can sit here and talk about. Yeah. But I want to get to uh, the burning question: Why did you leave Sequel? Why'd you leave us, Jay? <laughs> and well. and I'll say I'll say this before: like <laughs> I think that uh, without context, like people thought 
X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like, oh, like bad blood. They hate each other. But like, dude, I love you. Oh, I've yeah. always loved you as a friend. You've been always been like an older brother to me. Like yeah. that's never changed. Right. Like we've always been super close and we've always, and I've always called you for advice, even, even outside of deer hunting, like just, Oh yeah. Just, you for know, sure. Hours and hours and hours and hours of conversations. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's never changed. <clears throat> so like, you know, I guess we're kind of using this as like a, maybe a clear the air, but also just like, you know, I'm sure people just like want to know, but I did want to make that clear that like we, I, I dude, I still, I miss you all the time mm-hmm. with like go, doing trips and stuff. And like we would do anything to have you back. Would love to do that. I just want to do more stuff with you yeah. in general. But I know that, uh, it, you know, for you, it was the right decision. And so, Oh yeah, for sure. There's no, no doubt about it. And this is this is this first time we ever talked about it. It is the first time first, we've ever first, like first time, so. probably yeah. And it's been uh, I'm in my second year now. I think 2022 is my first full year alone. But that was a man. I was in an extremely difficult situation, and I still look back on it, going, "Man, those you know that that was tough." But all in all, um, I left on with a good conscience, <clears throat> and. What it boiled down to mostly was <clears throat> family, um, location where I live, um, just the difficulties of of that. Um, I've been a full-time football coach for nine years for Jaden. Um, football season is right smack in the middle of deer season. It's extremely difficult. Um, just the family perspective altogether is. Now, I'm older than these guys. Uh, you're, you're married. You got a child now. I think you're starting to you you you're starting to understand a little bit, mm-hmm. probably of where of where I was and where I have been. I have a 16 year old and a 13 year old, so my hands are still full right now. But having um having a family, a wife, and the kids at home while you're out doing something that you love all the time almost makes you feel a little guilty inside. I guess of being gone. So. When you are gone, you want to be back. And the, the flexibility of me going out on my own was given, well, it gave me a much needed flexibility to go and do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, um, to be able to provide for them and be there for them um, as a godly man should for his family. Um, and that's one of the first things that God asks us to do is take care of our families. Your wife first, then your children. So... Um, coaching football, look, that's every day, man. That's five days a week. It's 530 to seven, you know, whatever the time frame is. Um, you know, you got to get there early. You got to get there, you know, and then, so I felt, you know, to me, I was just feeling guilty for not spending enough time with them and then not spending enough time with y'all, not doing what I want to do. Do I want, did I want to be doing this every single day and gone and on old trips? Absolutely. Is it the right thing? No, it's wrong. So for me, um, and the reason that I left was the flexibility, family, God, just kind of um, bringing all that back in. Like this is this is what I need to do. Um, it was what I was called to do. I prayed about this that decision uh, before you guys even knew about it. I mean, for months and months and months, it was just etched into my heart from turkey season all the way to it was about it was about October is when I actually had to break the news down to you guys when I was like 100% sure this has got to happen. And this was mm-hmm. my wife and I praying together for three months. You know, it was just the right decision because Seek One is an absolutely incredible company that you guys have built. 
and I'm so proud. Uh, I mean, never in a million years when y'all are 16, 17 years old when I was talking to you that I ever think you would turn it into something like this. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's crazy. But, and I know, about. yeah, and that's, but I mean, looking back on it now, it's just, man, what an adventure and the memories. And I mean, it's just been amazing. Kendall coming in and, you know, in the brotherhood that we have made, there's, y'all will be some of my greatest friends forever until we're all gone and we're all mm-hmm. that's certain we're all gonna yeah. go no so. we feel the exact same way on that and like i know it was uh <clears throat> you know for us like we live closer to atlanta so like some of our spots are 10 minutes oh minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i know for you <clears throat> like even to you know for thor you know it's like oh, yeah. you got a phone call it's like i drew was you were on an elk hunt and yep. so it was like i it was me you and kendall and you like for you just to even be there for that was like an hour and a half drive. And I don't have one way. Yeah. So, so even for you to hunt here till it's still, it's still like over yeah. an hour just to get here to hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I could understand how like And that's a good example, like him, you know, it's like Yeah. Hey, yeah, guys, I'm 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 fixing to get a drag a deer out of the woods for the next five hours. It's, <laughs> it's three hours of driving and two hours of just conversating and dragging and pulling yeah. and you know, and I'm I'm going y'all eat dinner by yourself tonight. Sorry. And, yeah that was tough. It's not that I can't do it. And I mean, I have a, I have a great wife that supports what I do, but then you, you've got to give back too, though. And, um, you can't expect her to just stay at home and just take care of everything while you go have fun, yeah. you know? So there's that, that also on me. The, the phase that seek one was in, like when we first started, almost everything we were doing was around Atlanta and yeah. it was, it, we were taking That's it right. seriously, but it also wasn't like a full blown business yet. That's right. And so by the, around the time that you left, it was like, okay, now we're, we're starting to travel out of That's state. Right. We're making bigger commitments. Like we have some partnerships. Yep. And so it was, it's more difficult to just kind of like fly by the seat of our pants and be like, whenever you can be here. Great. That's right. If you have to leave. Great. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't really. Yeah. Cause no. like when we go on a trip, like we have to get content. That's right. And that puts a kind of a burden on you mm-hmm. where you feel like you have to, you have to be there That's right. and you have to get it done. And then you're kind of being torn in two different directions. But we also weren't developed enough to where we could be like, hey, we can pay you for, like right. the X amount for your time. It's going to make no. sense for you and your family. No. Um, so we're, it was kind of that like that phase, that in-between phase where like we're, we're either going to have to grind this out and it's going to be difficult for everybody yep. Yep. or you got to make the decision that makes most sense for you, yep. for your family and and financially and for your time and for the other business that you run. Yeah. And I, and most people don't know. I mean, I have, I don't make a living hunting by any means. I mean, I have another business and I own my own business that I started 13 years ago, um, in the, in the wildlife trapping stuff. And I, that's first and foremost, man, if I don't have that, the lights aren't on at my Mm -hmm. house. So there was a, you know, when you own your own business, man, it's hard to trust somebody to take care of it while you're gone. So yeah. yeah. I always felt like I need to be home for that and the wife and the kids and, and football. I didn't want it, man. I'm not going to miss it. I wouldn't miss that. dude. For you, nothing. you can't replace that stuff. No, I mean, that, it's time. Yeah. And that, that time, time, you'll never get that time back. You know, and that's, and that's kind of where we are right now with our kids. You know, my, my wife's a registered nurse and she's not a nurse. So she can, luckily, you know, I'm, we're blessed to where I can make enough money with my wildlife business and a little bit out of the hunting that she doesn't have to work to spend time with our kids because look, Jaden's 16 years old. I mean, two more years, he could be gone, you know, out on his own, doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get that time back. Yeah. And McKenna's 13 now, and the same thing with her, and, and eventually we're going to be the empty nesters. It's coming. I mean, it's coming mm-hmm. coming soon for us. Yeah. So we want to pour as much into them as we can. And, um, 
So maybe maybe in like five more years. <laughs> make a real maybe rendezvous. We'll, yeah, maybe we'll be, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, and no, I uh I think as I've gotten older, like I've realized is you know, as parents get older and things like that, I don't I don't have kids yet, but like time is just something you can't no. replace. No. And you and, and I talked about it this year too with your family and your yeah. dad and you know, and, and seeing them when you're on a trip. I mean it's it, it takes a toll on you too. Yeah, so I mean it, you, it you can only imagine if you had your own wife and your own kids that you're dealing with. Yeah. And you're doing it with your parents. So I get I get like I, I get it and I understand yeah. it. It's like there's, you know, I guess uh, there's probably some people out there that are a little disappointed. There's not more of a dramatic no. knockdown drag out that happened. <laughs> All right, well, let's cut the BS. Let's tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really this one night uh, in band camp. No. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited for you and the journey you've gone on. Yeah. And, you know, like you can do stuff. So you started 4610 Productions. Yep. From it seems to be going super well. I mean, yes. for for the stage you're at, with this is your this will be your second year. Going to, yeah, so I'm a year and a half in. And yeah. um, as far as the YouTube side of it goes, look, it's extremely difficult. And anybody watching this, don't think you're just going to run out there and start a YouTube channel. Um, it doesn't work that way. Um, I built a rapport up with these guys and and for my whole life actually, you know, to get where I'm at. And I don't, you know, we've talked about the wave, the YouTube wave, and whatnot. And now Seek One, when when Drew and Lee, when when they came up with the idea to let's do Seek One, um, the wave had already we we describe it by wave, but the wave had already come up, and we were kind of up on top of it, fixing to catch that wave and ride it. Mm-hmm. And you guys did a really good job riding it. You took it serious. This this could really turn into something one day. And I mean, I was with you for at least five years, and now you know um, I started a year and a half ago now, and I was it was kind of also that was a little bit of pressure. It was kind of like. Man, if I don't do this now, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. because everybody wants to be a YouTuber. Yeah, everybody. I mean, it's the timing so, now to be able to successfully do right. it is extremely difficult. So my growth is not going to be anywhere near what we had with Sequel when we started. For for a reason, for those reasons. I mean, I'm 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 not going to ever say I'm not going to ever see a half a million subscribers or anything, but I don't. I certainly don't think so. I think it's. But you've done an excellent job. I mean, a year and a half in you know right starting your own journey i mean like yeah. dude it, it, it's i've enjoyed watching you do it it's fun and, and i um, see you living your dream out yep. and and you know i get joy out of like you get to you have the freedom where you like if you want to film a catch and cook with your family at your house That's right you don't got to drive an hour and a half like yep you can do it and and that is another part of the reason mm-hmm. why i'm gone as well i mean that was that was part of what we prayed about when we were praying like i want to incorporate my family my mom my dad my my wife, my kids, my friend had so many people I, I grew up with hunting and to just to have that. We just went scalloping last weekend in Steenhatchy. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping that episode tonight. I mean, that was, that's something that we really wouldn't have done here. Yeah. You know, we, we so were, I'm able to do that kind of stuff. We were very tight on what kind of content we put out that's on right. Seek One. Yeah. It's got, right. I feel like we've gotten a little bit looser on it. That's right. But for a while, like our kind of formula was like, if we put out a video, it better be a banger. Yeah. Storyline. I mean, yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of there's a bunch of deer episodes that that we didn't put out, like the pops and the stubs. That's right, because it wasn't that, just because the story wasn't there, and like we didn't we had kind of this consistent, yep. you know, flow of what episodes we were that for. were like the Bane and the Zoo story. It's yep. like as soon as you start, at least we felt as soon as you start posting these other videos that distract from that, then it's it kind of dilutes yep. 
people's attention a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. we kind of want it like we're when people see a sequel video pop up, they know it's like the story or like some big journey. Cinematic, which, pretty, yeah, but which yeah. you know that's not realistic to sustain. No, that. It's, like, it's impossible. So, yeah. you know, we we did archive certain stories just because we were like, oh, we don't we don't feel like it's up to par. But right. I, I feel like we're kind of you know putting other stuff out there that's uh, you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be always some giant epic story. And that's kind of where that, I come in. I mean, I'm look, I, I sell film probably, I don't know, 90% of what I do right now. And to me, and look, we, we've we all three had cameramen in the trees. We've had them following around us. Yeah. There's a lot of times you want to knock them out. Yep. You know, <laughs> he's like, he, you know, and I'm I'm one of those, man. I, I get in a tree with somebody or I get somebody, I can get agitated because I want things a certain way. And I'm... And unfortunately, that's the way I am also with my yeah. businesses. And you're I mean, just I, used to me filming you. Like, that was your first experience. Yeah, so, so I was spoiled <laughs> rotten, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you, you and I were on, we were on something there. I'm going to shout out our camera guys, though, because I don't want them to think that we don't No, camera guys, camera guys are awesome. There's no yeah, doubt about it. I, I, I have, well, I, it's kind of double-sided. I do like hunting by myself because I feel like I'm most effective that way. Mm-hmm. No camera, nothing. But right. it is also really fun to enjoy the experience with somebody with else in the tree with you. Yeah. Like that makes it a lot more fun too. Totally agree. Yeah. But and yeah, we, it we is the camera guys that we use, like a big part of why we use them is because we're like good friends with them. Yeah. They're fun to be around. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And fun, fun to share the hunt with. I got a question for you. What, what has been the most difficult part of starting your own channel? Um, you know what? Um, the growth, not, uh, you know what? Struggling, with the concept, am I going to make it or not? Yeah. Am I am am I going to make it? And, and you know, because it's 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 pretty cost effective. I mean, it's this it's pretty expensive to do some of the stuff that we do. I think y'all y'all know that because mm-hmm. you're you spend a lot of money right out of the gate with it. So mm-hmm. I am. It's like starting a, it's starting another business. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I sacrificed a whole lot when I started Affordable Wildlife Solutions. I did, and now here I go again. Am I going to am I going to get this money back? Are people going to like what I'm doing? Am I spending my wheels or wasting my time? And there's, there's already been, I can't say a whole lot, but a time or two where I'm like, what am I doing? Why? Why? I, th- I think it's natural, totally natural to feel that way it at is. times. Cause like, I think we still feel that way. Like I just think social media is such a finicky thing. And it's like, you feel the pressure of like, you have to get content out. Are people going to like it? Is it going to do well? If it doesn't do well, do you feel like you're just like totally losing, you know, relevancy or whatever? And it's like that psychologically plays into your happiness and your joy. And like, you know, even seeing negative comments, like your mind gets taken away from that or from being with your family at home and not your focus on negative comments. Like social media itself, like being in that world is difficult as a whole. And so, and the stakes get higher and higher and higher the bigger yeah. that you get. It, uh, it's because yeah, yeah, if you make one mistake, oh, man, it's all done. Up. Yeah, no kidding. You <laughs> eat up. But I, you know, you you can have all that, all those thoughts, and you know, like, man, am I doing? Am I? Why, why, what am I? What am I doing? And then you can have the one comment. Oh yeah, one person. Yeah. Now, I, I, now, forty six ten is from Psalm forty six ten. Be still and know that I'm God. And I, we said it a lot when we were all together about being still and, and just watching things, paying attention and giving giving God all the glory. Um, but, and with my channel, 
it is super important to me that I get that message across. Okay. It's super important to me that I help as many people as I can. This is my avenue. Okay. So if I want to get on there and vent for 40 minutes and you got to sit there and listen to it, you don't have to let you can fast forward it, but there's a lot of people that do listen to it. And it's just that one soul that you can save that one message Mm-hmm. that they will message you through Instagram or you the a comment or whatever it may be. And it's like, man, brother, I love what you're doing. You just saved my life. And this is what just happened. And you'll get a story out of it. Yep. And you're mm-hmm. never going to, that, that's stuff that a lot of people will never understand that watch our channel. And, and they don't see a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes on the prayer list that we had. I don't know if you're still doing gonna, that or not. But I was the, actually going to do it before this season the started. The prayer list was mind-blowing to me. Yeah. And I had no idea how impactful that we actually were with Seek One until that prayer list came out. And I'm not, you know, you okay, guys, we've got a prayer list going. Um, just jump on there and comment. And you, you were keeping track with it by writing everything down. I wrote all the names down. Yeah, I, mean, I remember the first time you sent it to me, you were like, <clears throat> hey, I know I'm going to get some help of you guys praying for these people. And I'm thinking, all right, cool. You know, there'd be like 10 or 15 people on there and, you know, pray for them. And, you know, cause it, it takes a while to pray for somebody cause you don't want to just be like, God help Joe. I mean, that it's not like that. Mm. And the first, I, you sent me notebook as a picture of notebook paper, front and back four pages at least. And I, I was mind blown. At, you know, and then, and you were writing the person, you know, and then what they were struggling, maybe a little struggle or, or, you know, whatever they needed. And I mean, it was, it was the most impactful thing to me to see what difference we were making with Seek One and how people, saving people. I mean, literally mm-hmm. saving people. And I mean, I just, to me, that, and that, that's one thing that I'm trying to do with 4610. Man, I'm here to, if I can help help guide one person to the glory of it, to, to his kingdom then I've done my job yeah and there's 100% no doubt about it we have all done that so far it is pretty wild to see how like such a small little thing that we either say or just an example that we set in a video goes so far the impact it's like I, most of the time we I feel like we haven't done anything as far as expanding the kingdom and then we'll get like 50 messages from people over the course of a month or something and, and like people saying, Hey, remember that time in this video? Like I was going through X, Y, and Z and that helped me yep. get through it. It's like, wow, I could be putting, I could be putting out a lot more effort in that category. And I feel like I'm not doing anything, but like even just that little mustard, mustard seed of encouragement yep. and faith goes yep. a lot farther than you, than you think it's going to go. The The yeah. tough part is that it's grown to such a stage that like, like I, genuinely appreciate any direct message we get whether it's a question or someone telling us about an experience or or how much something has meant to them or how we've impacted them in a way but it's it's we would i would we'd literally be doing not answering and reading and responding to dms 24 7 yes 365 and it's just like to me i tried my best for a long time to like read dms and respond but then what I realized was happening was like it was taking away from my family time. Like mm-hmm. just it, it, it can consume you to such a level that you don't even have like a real life anymore. You, you can't even live a normal life anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the unfortunate sides of like that things grew to such a level that it was like hard to kind of keep up with 
the messages and things like that. But like the, the appreciation for getting those messages has, has never, never, ever left. Yeah. But that's, that is one of like a, I guess a growing pain. It just keeps you going. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we started this whole conversation with. I mean, it just, it keeps me pushing. Yeah. You know, I've got the Bane little scene. Do you? I, you? Okay. You yeah. I want to hear that. it. I'll put it up to the microphone. I think I got the right spot. Oh gosh, I'm gonna start crying. The, the music back in the day. <laughs> I, know. Just, <laughs> I know, it's so awesome. The worst feeling in the entire world. You work so hard for a chance like that, and especially like what happened last year, it, ha- it happened again. Different scenario, but it happened again. I mean, I've just never felt this kind of love in my life, dear honey. Yeah. To the point where you like want to give up just because it's. A lot of people. A lot of well, it's it's like it's just like constant disappointment with this deer. Sure. Hello. When you get up in the morning and you get your crap together and you go home to that meat and you have any meat, whatever, how long you been gone for? All week? No, just tomorrow and the next day. Just tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow and the next day. That's too perfect. Don't think about deer hunting. Just go have your meat, chill out, do your thing. By the time you start driving back, you're going to start thinking about it again. You're going to get out there, you're going to see that boat again. All right, let's regroup. Let's reset cameras. Let's go plow that whole place up, make it all different. Let's play the food plot. You know, I mean, let's, let's change some stuff. Let's go get on Falco. Let's get him killed. Let's regroup, let's think, and let's start all over. You could have this season could be the best season you've ever had. But you don't know, you can't, you can't just give up on it. You can't do that. You love it too much. Dude, I could freaking cry. <laughs> Seriously. That was cool. I, that was you telling me to put one foot in front of the other. 100%. That, dude, God, I freaking chills listening to that. I, actually, yeah. I, I really want to do a, uh, a a video just like top moments from over the years. Oh, that so would cool. be in there. Oh. That would absolutely be in there. Yeah. But there may be a tear shed on that one. Dude. <laughs> there was a... Uh, we need to wrap it can up. Can you yeah. believe this? Much, can you believe this much time is gone? I know. Like, I could do this forever. I could do this all day long. Just talk stories. You're saying since? Yeah. I since mean, we since started, we started the oh, whole thing, and yeah. I mean, just yeah. I mean, that was six years ago. Seven years. Six so, years. Seven. Probably least, more than yeah. that. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, since if you really want to go back to 16, 17 years old. But it's I mean, what's crazy to me is like looking back in the way that everything has like happened. To me, I I still I think about this all the time. I'm like. If you were to say, all right, take it back to 2000 and whatever year, say the Charlie story, take it back to the Charlie story. And it's like, there's no way that all of this would have happened the way that it would have. Like, it's just so many things fell into place, like one after the other, after the other. And you know how that deer being on the wall is such a small detail going wrong or going right. Yep. And that's the difference of like having it happen. But it's like, there are so many stories that have come together for us that we were able to tell and like really reach people through our dear, dear stories. But it's like, to me, I think about it all the time. I'm like, if you took it back to the day one, there's no way that it would happen again the way that it did. And I think that it's like, dude, there's a higher power that had his hand in it the whole time. I feel like God had his hand in it the whole time and we didn't even really realize it. 
I don't I don't think it. I know it. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we're gonna need to do this again. This I've I've enjoyed. I've missed this. Yeah, for real. Uh, so we definitely need to to do more of this whenever we can. Whether it's some hunts this year, well, we, we, we tried to turkey hunt this year, but it yeah schedules are crazy. Our, and yeah, stuff, our, but, our schedules are. I had a I had a pretty rough spring with selling the house and buying a new house and all that, and it was it was all over the place. But hundred percent. Yeah, let's get the hunt together. Maybe deer season. Yeah. How many comments is it going to take in order to show the footage of the deer? Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know. Uh, depending on the feedback from this one, we, uh, might, 5, we might have to <laughs> blur, well, my, blur my face out of it or something. Golly, man. <laughs> we de- I mean, we definitely have to preface it with like a sit down, talk about what was what going happened. on. Like, we can't just play it like a normal episode and not I'm hoping, give context I'm, to I'm, it I'm, I'm hoping you lost that footage i probably did I lost, i've lost a lot <laughs> you of have footage lost a day. lot of footage <laughs> yeah. we can dig deep oh man well, um, I, love, I love you guys man i, I thank y'all so much for having me back to the house and yeah it's been a while since i've time. even been up here you know mm-hmm. I mean, we did I get to we did get come to up here this year though we did, we did yeah we did yeah. yeah that was that the last was time i was up here and I'm actually going. I'm going to drop a camera out down the road right here. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. going to as well. <laughs> Where are you going? I don't know. Where are you going? Uh, so, we genuinely appreciate you. Thank y'all. And just I, I love the y'all. Love both. We have for I you. Do. And uh, this won't be the last. We'll be no, the heck no, heck no. We so, got a lot more coming. Yeah. Let us know when you're coming back. Yeah, I will. I'm <laughs> stuff right. up here. We'll catch you guys later. <laughs> All right. See y'all. <laughs>